We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In the hands of waiters, three seconds left for three in the win. Yes! Thursday edition of the Road and Wire NBA podcast. Nick Whalen, Alex Carutha here with you. It is December 1st already, Alex. That is a, a jarring uh, you know, thing to see uh, on the top right corner of my computer. We are already to December, nearing the month and a half mark uh, of the 2022-23 NBA season. We'll do a little breakdown uh, of some of the action from Wednesday night, big night in the association as usual. We had 13 games, uh, only one game. On the schedule tonight, for some reason, we got the Mavs in Detroit taking on uh, the, the Detroit Pistons. I, I don't really know why we have one game tonight. Usually, we'll get at least two or three. I was I was wondering the same thing. I was like Googling, like, is, is today a holiday that I don't know about? Um, is there some sporting event I'm just not aware of? I, I don't know why. That's kind of what I was wondering, too. Like, it doesn't really seem like it conflicts with the World Cup. Uh, there's, like, not a single top 25 college basketball game tonight. We do have the Buffalo Bills playing the New England Patriots, but you know, I mean, it's an above-average Thursday night football matchup. Nothing special there. Uh, no, I mean, you know, maybe they were anticipating something crazy. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe we're we're yet to find out what's going to be happening uh, come like 7 p.m. Eastern tonight. Uh, but how are you doing overall? Uh, busy week for us, of course. You know, coming out of the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, all is well in in the RotoWire NBA world. All is well. Yeah, I mean, I you know I'm getting some uh, I'm getting some health back in my stake league team. Uh, yep. I've, I've been holding Markel Fultz for a while. I picked up Zach Collins. I got Huge. Monk popping off for me. Um, so I think things, knock on wood, I believe things are going to turn around at least a little bit. That's good to hear. I uh, I've basically given up the ghost in stake league. Uh, you know, Lillard's coming back soon. That that's all well and good. I don't think that's going to be enough to save me from myself uh, as someone who took Kawhi Leonard. We've covered that at length. Uh, I have Rudy Gobert in that league as well. Did not get off to a great start uh, post Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns one last rebound. night. Yeah, one rebound. Uh, he's averaging like barely over a block per game. That's been a disaster as well. Just, you know, it's just not going to be my year. You know, I, I'm in first place in a couple of fantasy football leagues. You know, maybe I, I made some sort of deal with the devil there. 
uh, but it's not looking great. Uh, you know, the, the NFBKC team is, is still doing all right. Once I get James Harden back there, I think I'll be in pretty good shape. But uh, yeah, it's, it's not been a, a banner start to the year. That's for sure. And look, on top of that, I went, I got up early, went to the gym this morning and found out that my phone didn't even charge. So I had to do like a silent gym workout. I couldn't listen oh, to my podcast. Oh. I couldn't listen to music. Couldn't listen to my Spotify wrapped. It, it was a horrible start to the day. Just a lot of quiet contemplation <laughs> and, um, you know, hearing yourself breathe really loud. You're like, do I sound yeah. like that when I, you know, but everyone else is wearing headphones. So it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this and you can tell me if this is a, a wild move. I kept my AirPods in. There was nothing playing on said <laughs> AirPods, of course, but it, I, no, I don't I know like if it, it was just like a comfort thing or like a kind of don't talk to me situation. But yeah, I kept them in as it like kind of to simulate as if I were listening to a podcast. They, they are a little bit of a comfort object. You know, no one's going to come talk to you. No one's going to think you're crazy for not having them. Right. Uh, so I, I would do the same thing, 100%. Exactly. I've established a culture. You know, when I go there, I have mm-hmm. my AirPods in. I don't want anybody to freak out and say, like, this guy that's here, you know, every time he has his AirPods in, why not today? Anyway, let, let's get to last night's slate. It's a great time to do it with only one game tonight. I, I don't think we'll have a ton of fireworks uh, out in Detroit. Maybe I'll stand corrected on that one, but good time to kind of look back. We could do a little reset and then we're going to do our five biggest surprise players in fantasy basketball this season. So we'll get to that uh, on the back end of the pod. Let's start in Orlando. Uh, we, we had some positive and some negative news in that Hawks Magic game last night. That was a 125-108 win for the Atlanta Hawks. But John Collins rolled his ankle on what looked like an alley-oop dunk attempt uh, right before halftime. He ends up being helped to the locker room. No real update yet on John Collins. Um, I, I don't think this is going to be like a, a major, major injury. It's not like he broke his ankle or anything like that. But I, I think this is probably your run-of-the-mill sprained ankle that could keep him out several weeks. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked pretty bad to me just because he fell with his whole weight basically on it when it once it turned. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's out for a while. Uh, that, that really hurts my keeper league team. But yeah. I think if he's out for a bit, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some Jalen Johnson who's who's looked uh, better this season. And um, I, I really liked what I've seen out of A.J. Griffin. I mean, Nate McMillan is basically like he, he was just giving Justin Holiday DMPs. He's like, why am I playing this guy? I have A.J. Griffin who's just like better. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, Jalen Johnson, I should say, is hurt as well. They, they just have a lot of injuries to deal with. But if you are in um, – if you're in a Sunday waivers league – they play, they play tomorrow, I believe, and then I think they play Monday. So we're at least going to get to see one game um, where yeah. they where a rotation is, is sort of established. Yeah, they are home for the Denver Nuggets. That'll be an interesting game. Uh, that is tomorrow night, like you said. And, and this one, I mean, Atlanta jumped out to a big lead in the first quarter. They were up almost 20 at the half. So I don't even know that we got the most accurate representation mm-hmm. of what we're going to see in the second half. And DeAndre Hunter also left this game uh, with an injury, he only played seven minutes. Um, so that, that adds even more complication to this system or to this situation. He, he left with a thigh injury. So no DeAndre Hunter for most of this game. No John Collins for half of the game. Uh, you know, AJ Griffin ended up putting up 15 points off the bench. I mean, right now, I think he is basically a point three-pointers guy. Yeah. But I, I think there's a potential there for some pretty high volume. I think so, too. He's pretty aggressive. We, I mean, I, I don't know how legit this is. Jarrett Culver, uh, as I think as a product of these injuries, oh plus a blowout, played 30 minutes, put up nine points, 12 boards, two steals, and a block. Um, I would not be adding J- uh, Jarrett Culver. I don't think he's This good. is uh, Nick Whalen's former favorite player in the 2019 draft, Jarrett Culver. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I mean, this must have been great uh, for you then uh, to see this sort of revelation. I like, loved, I loved the pick at the time. Loved it. Uh, yeah, he, he kind of feels like he's already gone down the, the Chris Dunn path. The Chandler Hutchison path. <laughs> I haven't heard that name in years. For those, for those who don't know, Chandler Hutchison retired yesterday or today. Did he really? Yeah, he did. No way. Did he, yeah. did he cite like medical reasons? He played no, last year. Just... I know. I think he's just done. It's, he's he's been playing in the G League. He just sort of just he just retired. Twenty six years old, twenty wow. second pick. Yeah, just had had enough. I he'd accomplished what he needed to accomplish. I guess I, I respect that. Yeah, the twenty second overall pick in twenty eighteen. I remember being at times mildly excited about Chandler Hutchison in Chicago. I, yeah, I mean, I thought you know I I saw him play a little bit. I thought he was like decent in transition. I thought he'd just kind of end up being like a. Just, I don't know, like <laughs> one of those guys who hangs around like uh, right. for you know, all these years, like a, like a Harrison Barnes isn't right. Cause Harrison Barnes kind of, you know, did something, but um, yeah, somebody just hung around on the wing for a while, but that, that's going to end up being the case. Yeah. It's, it, it feels like it takes a while for a first round pick to, to truly fall out. Like you get so many chances, especially if you're a six, eight, six, nine rangy wing like that, but Hey, he, he retired. Look, it's not that teams didn't want him. He chose to walk away from the game. <laughs> You have to respect that. All right. So on the other side of this game, you know, I think we're in wait and see mode on the Hawks. I'm optimistic about some of the guys you mentioned. Hopefully, hopefully uh, they get a Kongwu in there. I, although I don't think they're really comfortable playing a Kongwu and Capella together. And Capella's playing really well this year. So that's a part of uh, Kongwu remaining buried. But on the other side of this game, both Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony back in the mix for the Orlando Magic. And we have somewhat of a similar conundrum here because Jalen Suggs is injured and did not play. So we still don't really know how that three guard rotation is going to shape up. Uh, Markel Fultz back in the starting lineup right away, only played 17 minutes. I think part of that is maybe a minutes limit. Part of that was this game was completely out of hand for most of the second half. So, you know, that, that they worked uh, some of their bench guys into this game a little bit more. Uh, but we saw Cole Anthony come off the bench, play 24 minutes. He finished with 11 points, four rebounds, two assists and a steal. Um, you know, you said you're still holding Fultz in a couple of leagues. Or, or, what are your expectations here? Yeah, so, the, I mean, this game, they said before the game he was going to be limited to 15 minutes, um, but I think they were going to play him 15 minutes no matter what, how you know, however mm -hmm. bad the game script got. But I, I'm relatively confident in Fultz. He looked good towards the end of last year. Now, obviously, I still have some concerns about the rotation, like you alluded to with Cole Anthony, eventually Jalen Suggs is coming back. Gary Harris actually got hurt during this game with a hamstring and played only 17 minutes. Right. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just, it, it may sort of get solved by these sort of fringe guys that we've seen have consistent minutes for the magic. Just get all get DMPs like DMP for Caleb Houston, like zero minutes from him. No Schofield, uh, zero RJ Hampton, like none of that. So I think that, that will, uh, clear some of it up, but I, as, as someone who has faults, I'm expecting like 22 to 28 minutes a game consistently. And I, I think he has more upside than Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs for this season. So I would, I would rather have him actually than the other two. Yeah. I mean, Anthony and Suggs, I, I think are similar in some ways where they run really hot and cold. You know, there's going to be some weeks where you're, you're wishing you would have had Cole Anthony in your lineups. There's going to be some weeks where you plug him in and he shoots like 31% from the field and turns it over a bunch. Um, and you can say the same thing about Jalen Suggs, who uh, we should mention is day to day right now. Uh, not exactly sure when we're going to see him again. He's missed three games in a row. 
Um, you know, you mentioned Fultz at the end of last season. I'm with you. I thought he looked really good when he came back. They didn't really extend him all that much. I mean, very rarely played more than like 21, 22 minutes per game. But even in limited minutes, his last 15 games, he averaged 11.2 points, six assists, three rebounds, almost a steal and a half and shot 46% from the field. The thing with Fultz is he has gotten better at the free throw line. That's big. I, I just don't know that he's ever going to become anything close to a plus three-point shooter. No, um, I agree. You mentioned the assists, um, 9.9 per 36 minutes last year. However, I will say, I, I agree. I, he's not going to ever become a three-point shooter. But at center, they're starting, like, all of their centers shoot threes. When yeah. Carter shoots threes, Bull Bull shoots threes, Mo Bamba shoots threes, Mo Wagner shoots threes. So you can afford to have a have a point guard like full two is just sort of a non-factor from beyond the arc. Okay, let's take a quick break to talk about one of the new sponsors on this show, Picket. Picket is a social bet tracking app that takes all the hassle out of tracking your bets and your betting performance over time. Picket connects to all the major U.S. sports books like DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, you name it as well as all the major DFS providers, prize picks, underdog fantasy, thrive fantasy, etc. Uh, once you hook up all your sports books or your DFS pickup providers, Picket does all the heavy lifting to slice and dice your betting data. You'll get historical P&L, graphs, unique breakdowns by team, sport, player, bet type, etc. Uh, you get the gist. I mean, you, you could track every time that you bet on, say, the Jacksonville Jaguars money line. That has not been a profitable bet. This season, you could bet, uh, you could track every single time you're taking Palo Bancaro points overs. Alex, I know you've been hammering that over at the DK Sportsbook. Any kind of bet you want to make, you could track it on Picket. They make it super, super easy. Everything is imported automatically. You can also line shop for the best odds across your link sportsbooks to make sure you're getting the most bang for your buck. When your bets are live, you could track the scores and stats of the games you bet on, as well as get player prop updates for most major player prop markets. That means no more switching between your sportsbook app and your different score apps. Uh, I actually love this idea, Alex. Uh, I'm always, especially on a night like last night, I, I, I have DraftKings or FanDuel open, and then I switch over to ESPN to, to check scores, then I'm on my laptop. Um, it's basically like if you play fantasy football or if you play fantasy basketball and you get those alerts, you know, uh, you know Lamar Jackson is in the red zone, that type of thing. You're getting alerts from Pickett on your bets. So you're not flipping between apps constantly. You can actually watch the games. However... By far, the biggest differentiator with Picket is that it syncs your history and your bets from all legal major sports books. That means no manual entry required to track your bets. Again, no manual entry. This is huge. That saves you a ton of time. And once you have your accounts linked, it's effortless from there. The social media feed and the community is really what turns Picket from just a bet tracking app to a true home for betting when you can learn from others, see what others are doing. Find verified content to inform your betting decisions. Visit Picket.com. That's P-I-K-K-I-T.com. Picket to download the Picket app today. The NBA is back. On behalf of Vivid Seats, let's get one thing clear. Nothing beats seeing your favorite team beat every other team live and in person to the sound of thousands of screaming fans. Vivid Seats believes that real fans deserve to be rewarded and that you deserve a ticketing platform that not only makes it easy to find great deals, but also rewards you all season long. Vivid Seats is the only ticketing company where you can earn rewards with every purchase. No one else has that. They even have a 100% buyer guarantee that your ticket will be as legit as your love for the game. 
Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today and use our promo code ROTOWIRE for $10 off your first purchase of at least $100. Again, that promo code is ROTOWIRE, R-O-T-O-W-I-R-E for $10 off your first $100 ticket purchase. Download the app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Uh, elsewhere last night, um, Milwaukee got a win over the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden. Big shot by Grayson Allen uh, to essentially seal that game late. Monster performance from Giannis, 37-13-7 and seven with a block. Uh, did go 9-12 of 12 at the line uh, for him. That's fantastic. But, you know, if you look at some of the rankings, like if you go over to the ratings page on rotowire.com, which I feel like we need to make this more public. It's under the stats drop down. I always love looking at this stuff. Um, just kind of gives you a you know an in-season ranking. It adjusts every day uh, based on, you know, whatever games happen that night. And it, it shows you literally where every player ranks. I think at this point in the season, especially, you want to be looking at per game rankings uh, just because, you know, we, we still have a relatively small sample. So many guys have missed time. Uh, but if you look at nine category per game rankings and, you know, Yahoo defaults to nine categories. So a lot of people play that. Giannis is outside the top 100 right now. It, it, is Giannis not a top 100 fantasy player, Alex? <laughs> uh, to me, this means no one should be playing nine cat. Um, but I, if it's head to head, it's not as bad. You know, you can punt categories more easily. Um, and even if, you know, free throw percentage is the only category you punt in a nine cat, you'll be fine. Um, in a roto setting, it's just, I, I mean, you, you know what you're getting into, but you know, we also, we have the, the Z scores on here, which basically track how much worse is someone in a category than someone else. Right. Mm-hmm. And Giannis's Z score for free throws is like <laughs> minus 5.1. It's okay. Bad. It's like basically having Giannis on your team, his free, the damage he does to your free throw category is basically twice as worse as anybody else in the NBA. It's, it's just devastating for yeah. your, uh, for your percentage. And obviously the volume is the big issue here. The volume. Yeah. You know, and I mean, the percentage is terrible too, but the, the problem is that he's taking 12 and a half free throws a game. Right. It's like, it doesn't matter if Lonzo ball was on your team. Cause he takes one free throw every game. Yep. So it doesn't matter when he goes over one, but when it's Giannis and he's taking 12, 13 free throws a game and he's hitting 60%, it just destroys your percentages. That's why a lot of people, I think, just punt percentages in nine cat anywhere. They just punt turnovers and they're just like, I'll just win the rest of the categories. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he's not, it's it's not entirely representative of of him as a fantasy player in nine cat, but it's something, I mean, it's something you should be aware of if you play nine category fantasy for sure. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it, the the one issue with these, these ratings type of pages is, that they really don't take into account team context. You know, obviously, you know, Giannis is not going to be going outside the top 100 in drafts next year. He's probably not going to be going outside the top 10 in most leagues. But um, yeah, I mean, this doesn't account for, like you said, the the decision to just build your roster around that. But it, it's nonetheless jarring because, you know, this has been the case in years past where if you look at the overall rankings, especially in nine category leagues, you'll see Giannis a little bit lower, but he's usually not this low. I mean, the, the, the free throw thing, is becoming more and more of an issue. And, you know, he's, he's starting to stay after games and shoot free throws. Cool. That's all well and good. Um, I, I don't really know if that's solving anything. It doesn't seem to be. I mean, he's he's like 12 percentage points worse than he was last year when when it felt like a crisis. Yeah. I mean, he's not even that good an eight cat this year. I mean, the, no. we should mention that, you know, the, the turnovers combined with the free throw percentage. Yes, is he is turning it over a ton. 
he, he turns the goal over a lot. And a lot of that is, if you watch a lot of Giannis, he commits a lot of offensive fouls. He just runs yep. straight into people, stuff like that. But even an eight cat per game, he's 48th, which is um, going to be the, the lowest mark of his career um, since his second season in the NBA. And um, again, that's, that's free throw percentage almost entirely. Yep. And uh, you know, is his field goal percentage is down a little bit, all that stuff. But yeah, it's, it's rostering Giannis in fantasy. Like he, he's going to get drafted. Like he's, a top five pick because Mm -hmm. it's hard to argue against that just from a, like his, his floor is so high, but he's not really like, you should not be drafting Giannis like top three. I don't think almost ever in fantasy at this point. If he's going to be, if he's going to be definitively under 70% at the line, that's you just, you really can't justify it. I'm with you. There's just too many other good players. Like that's the other thing. It's like, you're not, it's not like you have to go all the way down and be like, uh, okay, I'll, I'll take like a Devin Booker level player. It's like, if you're passing on Giannis, like you could take Anthony Davis, you could take Luka Doncic, you could take James Harden, you could take Jason Tatum, whoever, like there are just so many other good options that, yeah, they, that one fatal flaw. Um, it, it, and it also, it forces you to kind of have a certain roster construction the rest of the way. You know, if you take Jason Tatum number three overall, you could kind of go wherever you want after that. Like, there's no real weakness that you have to worry about compensating for. Right. I mean, if I if I drafted Giannis in fantasy in a in a percentages league, I would just I would a hundred percent just punt the free throw category. Trying to dig you yourself to. out of that hole, it's just not worth it. There's no way you can do it. Yeah. So uh, we'd have to do the math can, on like how many how many guys would you have to have on your team that average like two to three free throw attempts per game, but shoot like eighty five percent? Like you would need like five <laughs> of those guys just to get you back to equilibrium with Giannis. I think you would, and. um I'm trying to quickly do this. If you punt turnovers and free throws, like if you did like a seven cat league, yeah, uh, Giannis would be sixth hmm. instead of like fortieth. That's how big of the impact it is to put yeah. it in perspective. I, I got to find a league where we punt games played. You know, I, I would be <laughs> I would be in first place at stake if we were punting if we were punting fantasy points. I'd be doing so well. <laughs> where we just we just add up points, rebounds, assists per game instead of totals, yeah, right? Yeah, or you just yeah. vote on who has like the, the most fun team. You know, I think that that would be that'd be a cool way to do it. Maybe just for this year we do that. Um anyway, Lakers I think got somehow maybe their best win of the season last night against the Damian Lillard list Portland Trailblazers. I really think there's a case that this was their best win. It was a wire to wire victory. I actually I actually like Portland plus five and a half in this game. And early on that that looked great, but the Lakers went crazy uh in the second and third quarter. They put up forty two in the second quarter alone, Russell Westbrook had back-to-back long threes. One of them basically a half quarter uh, at the end of the second and third quarters. He was feeling himself, uh, you know, finished 4-14 from the field, um, but really, really was acting as if he had like a 50-point game last night. <laughs> LeBron looked great. Anthony Davis is the number one player in fantasy uh, in nine cat right now. So Lakers are rolling, baby, the 8-12. and 12. Hey, uh, They were so hot that the a fan actually hit the half-court shot. For the uh, second game in a row. Is this the second game in a row? Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that. I knew someone hit it. I didn't know it was in LA. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, they're getting their sort of full rotation. Schroeder's back. Not that he made like a huge impact, but that sort of normalizes. It gets like another sort of veteran body on the floor, which to some extent, like they don't need more old guys, but they just need more guys in the in the room that have <laughs> played like 25 to 30 minutes consistently in the NBA. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, they waved Matt Ryan. Right. We just need like less Damian Jones and less Troy Brown and all that stuff. And I think, I think that's part of it too. And LeBron's 
you know, a little bit back in the swing of things. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a good win. I mean, the, the Trailblazers, yes, they're without Lillard, but they're a pretty good defensive team without Lillard. Like Winslow, Jeremy Grant, Nurkic is solid. Um, just good win overall. Yeah, this was their most convincing win of the season, that's for sure. And and you mentioned LeBron is is starting to feel it a little bit. Last three games, he's at like fifty four percent from three. He's making five threes a game. That was the the big big issue for him before the injury. Uh, I mean, he was at like twenty one percent from three. He was the worst jump shooter in the entire league. And he even said, you know, I need I need ten to fifteen games to settle in. He's had these slow starts as a shooter before, but uh, that changes everything when LeBron James can hit a shot outside of two feet. Uh, but he's looked really good these last few nights. Um, I want, I want to go to OKC real quickly. SGA did not play in this game. I think the Thunder attempted to lose. Uh, they, they were thwarted, uh, as they, they put up 31 in the fourth quarter, held San Antonio to just 15. This was a really, really ugly game all around. Um, just not a, not a lot of like peak NBA talent on the court for either team, but Jalen Williams, 27, six and two, 11 of 15 from the field. I, I remain convinced that there are going to be leagues won by Jalen Williams come April probably probably he started what is it seven games this year uh 13 points two and a half assists four rebounds in those but a lot of those times he is also sharing the court with either SGA or Giddy uh obviously and those guys handle the ball uh a ton yeah I mean he's looked pretty good he just looks like a legitimate NBA player um and that's just not always the case like some of these guys put up numbers but it doesn't seem real or they don't put up like he's putting up decent numbers and he looks very comfortable. And like you mentioned, if the thunder do the tank job that we all sort of envision them to eventually start pulling off more then he will become one of the primary options. I assume. Yeah, I think so. I think he's, he's a super unique player. Uh, if you followed him at all in the pre-draft process, I mean, it's not overly shocking uh, that he's making this kind of impact. And yeah, I think, I think they're going to be handing him more and more minutes as the season goes along, uh, Usman Jang, by the way, 10 mm-hmm. points, five of six shooting, you know, doing, doing some things. Uh, Trey Mann had a nice game off the bench. So, I mean, both of these teams, I think are in that boat where you're going to have to, especially after the all-star break, you're going to have to be on it. There's going to be guys in and out every single night, but, uh, I think they're both going to be kind of this year's version of what the Blazers were with, with Drew Eubanks last season. Uh, we get Chris Middleton back for the Milwaukee Bucks on Friday. James Harden should be back soon. Um, what, what was the exact date on Damian Lillard? I, I know we had an update on him yesterday. That's I'm currently on Damian Jones' player page. Lillard Sunday. Sunday. Okay, so Lillard on Sunday. Uh, Middleton uh, looking in all likelihood like he'll be back tomorrow night. That is huge. Uh, then, like we said, Harden nearing a return as well. Um, Middleton specifically. I mean, the Bucks. it feels like, have just kind of been on cruise control to begin this year. They, they got off to that really hot start, took a couple – Weird losses, you know, Giannis missed a few games, uh, although he's played in like six or seven in a row now. And I think if you're Milwaukee, you feel really, really good to be sitting at 15 and five, only one game back of Boston in the loss column, getting zero minutes out of Chris Middleton so far. And even someone like Pat Connaughton, you know, just came back last week. He's a key bench piece. Like, I, I think Milwaukee's in, in really, really good shape here. Not not a hot take by any means. No, how well they've gone is a testament to how rock solid their system is and how well everyone knows it. And I, I don't expect, I mean, maybe Middleton struggles a bit with his shot out of the gate, you know, because of the wrist issue, but yeah, I don't think they're going to limit him too much other than just sort of standard conditioning. You know, it wasn't a lower body injury, but 
you know, the, the Bucks have, like, I think they're going to continue to try to play Javon Carter a decent amount because Javon Carter is a very good defender. I've been to a few Bucks games this season. I see him in person. He just bothers the hell out of everybody. Um, and yeah, I think it'll just be, you know, fewer minutes for Nawara and Bochamp and maybe Wes Matthews as a DMP here and there. But yeah, adding an all-star like Middleton to this team that's already off to this strong start, that's what more can you ask for. Yeah, not much else to say. I mean, he's a maybe the ultimate plug and play guy. Uh, you know, I don't think he even you know, like there's not even a conversation of like, you know, how does Middleton being back affect anybody no. else? It's like he just he just comes back and he gets his twenty two, five and five. Yeah, any team in the NBA, you could throw him in and he would he would yep. fit the offense perfectly. Yeah. Yep. Um We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Boston, meanwhile, I mean, just rolling along. I mean, they're they're almost five points per 100 better than the next best offense. Right now, their offensive rating got pushed up to 122.2 with last night's win over the Miami heat. It doesn't seem to matter who they play. They're just scoring on everybody. They're ridiculously efficient. They got a ton of guys who can rain threes. I mean, Miami hit 18 threes in this game and lost by 13 because Boston hit 22 three pointers, 49 for Jason Tatum last night. Tatum. I like we, uh, you and I were sort of talking about this. Are we talking about this on the XM show? Uh, no, I think it was on the podcast. But like, if you if you believe in the Celtics being this dominant, I think backing Tatum for MVP is. Yes. I I have no, I think I think that's a completely fine bet. Like he looks ridiculous, and he has one of the better cases as a two way player as well because he's so strong on defense. Um, I don't think people view Jalen Brown highly enough 
for them to be like, well, you know, Jalen Brown also plays like this really big role yeah. in this team. I don't think it's Co- not counterpoint. Like- Bill Simmons did compare them to Shaq and Kobe on his most recent pod. So <laughs> All right, not, well, not everybody views him that way. <laughs> yeah, not quite. Um, but yeah, man, I, they, they, again, they're sort of like the box that they're just a completely well-oiled machine, which is a little surprising given the, the exit of Ima Udoka. But you know, to some extent, these teams run themselves. And as long as the coach just gives them tweaks here and there, I think, you know, I, and I think the championship experience did help as well. And Brogdon's a huge addition. That's, I think, being a little underrated in all of this. Um, and eventually they're going to get Robert Williams back. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Brogdon. I'm looking at six man of the year odds right now. Uh, Russell Westbrook's still the heavy favorite. Why? I, I, I just don't really see that being the case unless you're just rewarding him for good behavior and accepting a six man role. I don't, I don't see it. He's shooting under 40% from the field. That is really strange to me. Um, is, is there any logic for why Westbrook should be the favorite? No. Right? I mean, I, I don't, is, it's I, not like this is some sort of like legacy big name award. It's the six man of the year. Yeah. I, uh, I don't see any value in it. I, before the, before the season, I, I, we did our uh, spending $1,000 on futures bets article. Yeah. And uh, Malcolm Brogdon to win sixth man of the year. I put 150 on fake money um, mm-hmm. at plus 1100. I don't know what he's at right now. I think you, you have those odds. Of. Four to one. Well, pff, all right. Yeah. Jordan yeah, Poole was also I, near there to start the season, but obviously things are different. He's now. four to one too. Okay. Yeah, His odds haven't moved guys. Then. Right. I think Brogdon is the best bet right now. I mean, obviously you'd prefer to get him at, at 11 to one. Um, I, I put like $40 million real money on that before the season. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think he, I mean, he's, he's clearly the guy that's like way overqualified for that role. Like Jordan Poole, classic six man, Russell Westbrook, bizarre that he's even on this list. Um, you know, Ben Matherin is like, is like seven to one. I'm not even convinced that he'll end up being eligible. I think at some point he's going to start Christian Wood would not bet that at all. And then after that, you're getting into some like pretty deep role players, you know, Malik Monk, Malik Beasley, guys like that. Brogdon is like very clearly when healthy, a 35 minute per night starting point guard who is just being asked to kind of go out there and do something that he's way overqualified for. I agree. I'm looking, I know I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, I dived into this article a little bit. I also had Tatum as MVP at 1200 for 150 bucks. Not bad. You had, I think I went pretty hard on the Sixers. You did, but so did I. But you have Hornets under 33 and a half. That looks that's looking oh, pretty yeah. good. Oh yeah. Lakers under 45 and a half looking pretty good. Yep. Joel Mazzula, coach of the year at 14 to 1. Uh, All right. I don't, I don't we, mind we, that. we must have done that article at like the perfect time. Yeah. Yeah, Let's it was see. I think it was a day. I think we published it a day after the first game of the season. Okay, so, yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. Missoula right late. now is the favorite at plus one. Whoa. <laughs> he's he's, he's a heavy go. favorite. Plus 180. Let's go. Will Hardy, plus 550. I think they're going to fade. I, ju- I think that's a terrible bet. I would not make that. Uh, Rick Carlisle, 10 to 1. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Interesting. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think Missoula is clearly the guy right now, right? Like, I, I don't I don't think like Budenholzer you could get at 10 to 1. Nah. The Bucks need to win like 68 games for Mike Budenholzer to get it. You know, like he's, he's kind of already had his time in the sun. Bickerstaff at 12 to one. I like that. I'd rather bet Bickerstaff at 12 to one than, than Will Hardy. I'll tell you that. Oh, I agree. I mean, I, I you know, I've, I've gone about this. I, I've talked about this coach of the year thing before. I have really conflicting feelings about like what should qualify you as coach of the year. But um, 
it, Missoula's case is just really bizarre, but I can't, I can't really say that he doesn't deserve to be the favorite mm-hmm. um, in this, in this position. I think all the craziness around them is, is like feeding into the narrative. And I agree. Yes. I, you know, yes. it's like, he's, he's getting a ready-made title contender. I don't know that. I, I think anybody could coach this team ourselves included and Ken, and they would probably still be the number one team in the East, but that's, that's just not how people look at it. Uh, I'm seeing that. I also had Kate Cunningham, most approved player. That's not looking good. Uh, I stand by that. If he'd stayed healthy Sixers okay. to win the title, uh, eh, not good. 15, got it at 15 to one. I had that Keegan Murray rookie of the year. That's not looking great. I think that's going to be Bancaro unless we get an injury. Yeah, but you're sort of betting that. I think you're betting that like half banking on an injury and then just yeah. sort of him being like 2B or something. And yeah. So, yeah, I think that um, I, I don't think that bet's crazy, obviously. And if you win your Missoula bet, you get all your money back. So right. and then I think I put like money. $2 billion on that. So I should be, yeah. I should be okay there. Right. Uh yeah, well, at the time, too, I didn't realize that Bancaro was just going to be, like, 27-5 and right, five right away. None of us I, mean, I, I thought that, I thought that like, Bancaro versus Murray would be a real debate, but that was settled, like, a week in. Uh, all right, a couple quick ones, then we'll get to surprise players. Zion, 33 points last night. Another big game for Trey Murphy, who is just, I think he's just kind of going to be marginalized once C.J. McCollum gets back. Like, we, we are now living in a world in which the Pelicans have too many good players. Yeah. Hey, I like... I, the Pelicans are... Um... They're really good, man. They just, they're full of, they're just full of really good rotational talent. And I don't, yep. I don't think their record at 13 and eight um, is reflective of how good they are considering the injuries that they've dealt with. And I think, you know, they've, they've lost some close games and stuff like that. But um, is this one of Zion's like best games of his career? I think so. Yeah. I mean, just in terms of raw numbers. Yeah. I mean, it, it we, we always kind of joke about him just doing the same thing every single night, you know, there's, there's rarely those outlier games. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is his highest scoring game of the year by default, his highest scoring game, the last two years, 12 of 15 from the field, nine of 12 at the line, two blocks, four steals. Yeah. It doesn't get much better than that. No, I'm I'm looking at some of his other better games, but, um, sorry, I'm getting off track. Uh, Trey Murphy. I, I mean, they, his three point shooting is, is really valuable. I don't think they'll like oust him from the rotation entirely, but yeah, him him versus Herb Jones is sort of this weird debate, and I think, not debate, but I think they will sort of alternate minutes, or it'll just be game by game for them because Trey Murphy's the three point shooter and Herb Jones is the defender, right? So whatever you need in a particular moment, Willie Green can just kind of put that guy in, and maybe one of them sees thirty minutes and one of them sees twenty on a particular day. Um, but it's going to be frustrating for fantasy if you have either of them, because I think it's just going to be up and down for a lot of the year. I think so. Yeah. I mean, once they're at full strength, I mean, McCollum is a 30 to 35 minute guy. And um, yeah, obviously they, they want to get Alvarado involved as well. We should mention Dyson Daniels. Um, yeah. Had, he's been playing pretty well lately. Um, really well. I, mean, I think he, yeah. And he, he looks good in preseason. And um, I think he passed the eye test for me, at least good passer, good defender. Um, someone to keep an eye on for dynasty leagues for sure. Like if you, maybe you're sort of bottoming out this year, you have a few guys, uh, top end guys that you can float a trade offer and just try to grab Daniels. It's just like a throw in kind of, you know, try to pull a fast one. Um, I think that actually be a decent play. Yeah. He's been really impressive. Like the counting stats have been there for him. I mean, he played 31 minutes in this game. And again, he's another player who, 
you know, when this team is at full strength, you know, we're going to see his workload decline, but um, you know, I mean, I, I think that's going to be split between several guys, like maybe Garrett Temple drops out of the rotation. Uh, you know, hopefully Devonte Graham, yeah. who is zero for six in this game is just out. Um, so you could, you know, conceivably you could bring back uh, McCollum and, and, you know, bring back Brandon Ingram and, and still feel pretty good about those guys seeing meaningful minutes, but yeah, Dyson Daniels, 14, nine and eight last night. Uh, and by the way, I, I looked up Zion Williamson. This was his second best game score ever uh, on, on basketball reference. He had a game two seasons ago uh, where he had 39, 10 and five with two blocks and a steal. And that was like two points higher in game score. Right. Yeah. So this, um, I feel like that, you know, it got a decent amount of buzz cause it's Zion, but I don't think if you ask people, was this Zion's like second best game of his career? I don't think most people would be like, of course it was. They would sort of assume yeah. that he's just had a few more of these monster games. I think we've already kind of fallen into like a haze with Zion where like, it's not like his, his rookie year, like obviously everything kind of got derailed with the injuries, but like his first, his first like 10 games of his career. I remember like, I'm like, I don't care what I'm doing. I'm making sure that I'm watching this because we're going to see something crazy. And I, I don't know if it's just like maybe the lack of insane wow plays, which like at Duke, he had like five a game. Um, maybe that's it. But yeah, it's like it, I feel like people aren't like quite as locked into Zion night to night as I thought they would be. Yeah. And he's not, um, he, I mean, he only has 26 dunks this year, which not seems enough. like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he, but like two years ago, 60 games, 123 dunks. I don't know. We'll see. But he just, he hasn't like postered that many people or anything. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's way more of a selective dunker than I thought he would be. I thought he'd be postering people like every second. I thought he was going to basically be like the new Blake Griffin. Like we, like you'd give a poster dunk every other game right. from Zion. And that's just not how it is. Yeah. It's actually shocking because I think like athletically, I mean, he's Blake Griffin plus really in a lot of ways. And um, I mean, as like a fan of just watching people dunk basketballs, it's been a little disappointing, <laughs> but he, I mean, he's been ridiculously effective, super efficient. It's just, it's just a lot of like finishing through contact on the baseline instead of yep. 360 windmill fast break dunk. Yeah. That right to left spin into this, like <laughs> it was super high hanging left-handed, like yeah. hook thing off the glass. That's like, usually misses move. the first one, gathers it, gets it back, you know, kind of yeah. shrugs, shrugs his shoulders, you know, staggers his way back down the court. Like he's gotta be an absolute nightmare to play against. It would it would be awful. Be horrible. Like if it if it if it was like a pickup game, you would be like, "What is this guy's problem?" Like he's just all yeah. It'd be it'd be horrible. Yeah, multiple stoppages, uh, a lot of shouting. Yeah, it, especially if there's no refs involved. Yeah, it would just right. complete nightmare if you're at the rec center. That's for sure. Uh, all right, we we burned way more time than I thought we would uh, discussing last night. But again, it was a busy night. Let's go to our five biggest surprise players thus far in fantasy basketball. I, I went mostly positive with mine. I, I did make a smaller list of guys who've been negative surprises, but uh, we didn't really give any instruction here. So you could take this any way you want, but I'll, I'll let you lead it off. I went pretty much all positive. I'm starting off with bowl bowl who we, uh, we discussed on the last podcast. I just, we, we don't have to go that long because we talked about him earlier, but the fact that the magic somehow in, on a team that has, that's almost entirely just like forwards that they're finding 30, 35 minutes a game to him committing to that. Uh, it's pretty amazing. And just his skill development, his ability to just sort of recognize I can shoot over everybody. And also he's converting while doing that um, makes him obviously a, I don't think this is going to slow down. Like it might slow down a little bit, but I think he's, I wouldn't be selling like way high on him. Oh, me neither. I, 
you know, I think there's, there's always like the, the specter of Jonathan Isaac coming back, I guess <laughs> that could maybe, uh, maybe, you know, kind of, kind of snuff this bowl bowl flame, but I'm not really that worried about that. Uh, you know, Chumo Kiki is, is missing some time with a knee right now. He's been a complete disaster, even when healthy, like they started him for a while. Like he is really, really bad. I know he could defend, but he's just, he cannot shoot whatsoever. He's like six ten, and he's shooting like 37%. From the field, he's basically like a bigger, worse Isaac Okoro. So you're not really worried about that. Um, I guess the one thing is like Bamba and Carter have kind of been like alternating getting injured. So when both of those guys are healthy, especially with Bamba playing a little better, you know, again, maybe that that takes away from Bull Bull, but he's playing so well right now that it's not like the Magic are looking for reasons to reduce his workload. No, and I can't say I expect him to necessarily shoot 41% from three for the whole year, but it's it's not even that much like he's only taking two threes a game. I you know the 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 I I don't even I don't even have a take on the Jonathan Isaac situation. I just don't have one. I I don't know. Nobody knows. I I I the only time I even think about it is when I have to like make adjustments in our database to like playing time uh in the future and I see Jonathan Isaac's name on there and I'm like I, what do I do here? Yeah, I, I have no no information on the John, Jonathan Isaac situation. That is for sure. Uh, I have Bull Bull on my list as well, so we're, we're one for one there. Uh, that, okay. That'll that'll lop off some time. Uh, another guy who I, I feel like you might have on your list, and he's number one on mine, Brooke Lopez. What a year! Mm-hmm. I think Brooke Lopez might be an All Star this season. Uh, we'll oh, see wow. because yeah. there's so many there's so many players in both conferences just putting up insane numbers that it's very possible he gets glossed over. But if the Bucks are like I don't know, 40 and 17 or something. I, I don't know. I even know if that's the right number of games at the all-star break. I think he's going to get a lot of credit. I think Middleton missed, you know, he's going to miss half of the season virtually or half of the first half that is. Um, so I think that knocks him out of all-star contention. And I, th- I think Brooke has pretty clearly been their second most valuable player. I think Lopez will make everybody's honorable mention list. Like sure. <laughs> when you, when you listen to podcasts and read articles about people's all-star voting, he's going to be like the, the, the second guy off the list. Everyone's going to be it's like, be well, like, I wanted to. Yeah. It's like a Brooke Lopez was a snub says man who voted for someone else. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. I just didn't expect this. Um, especially the blocks resurgence. I don't think the usage resurgence is crazy because like you mentioned, Middleton's been out and you know, they just, they give it to Lopez a little bit more. So that's not too surprising. But I think they just are trusting him a lot more. Um, you know, they I the past couple seasons, I think they were experimenting a little bit more with like switching and bringing him out and uh maybe Giannis back there a little bit more, but they're they're back to fully committed uh Lopez in that drop coverage, and he's he's as good as ever. It's it's pretty crazy. Back surgery last season, he turns 35. In April, I I really thought you know they were going to have to start looking into kind of a succession plan at center, and um, yeah. you know they they were able to, to weather it without him last year. But I, I think a lot of the issues that Milwaukee went through mid season when we're starting to question like, are we sure this team has it? Like, we're seeing what they what they look like when Brooke Lopez is fully healthy and running hot like he's been. I mean that that is just a, a massive massive uh, you know influence to this team, and he's also shooting forty percent from three. That that to me is just as valuable. Like he's, he's essentially like almost tripling his blocks production and he's shooting 40% from three after being at 35, 33, 31, the previous three years. Yeah, that's huge as well. And he's basically doubled his assist rate, which is, a, is kind yep. of interesting. You know, I still, 
this is just me as like a hyper-focused Bucks fan. I wish they would throw it to him in the post just like twice a game yeah. because his free throw ask. shooting is his free throw shooting is so good. He's gonna get fouled if he gets a mismatch. But uh, that's just that's just me um, on a rant at that point. All right, Lopez was on, on my list. list. Okay, yeah, good. Lopez good. was on my list. Uh, number three for me was SGA. Um, I I am a big SGA fan. I always have been, but this is kind of a, a level that I. I was not expecting to basically be like a top three player in fantasy. Uh, this development that track that he's on is sort of unbelievable. He's doing a lot of some of the stuff he's doing feels a little Doncic esque. And, um, you know, he's really only like two, you know, he just doesn't rebound the same way. He's like two assists a game behind, but his defense is standing out too. He's, he's way better as a two way player than Doncic is. And you start comparing him to guys like, you know, I've seen this, this discussion more and more on Twitter. People keep bringing this up. If you have to choose between SGA and like Trey Young or John Morant going Ooh. forward or just to win like a playoff series, who do you choose? And I think just the fact that he's in that conversation um, yeah. sort of tells you what season he's having and like how good it is because the, the, the greater NBA universe at large is like, no, SGA is actually like really good. He has, to me, made the leap uh, kind of from that, I don't even know, like like Donovan Mitchell, uh, yeah. Bradley Beal, Jimmy Butler, DeJounte Murray, De'Aaron Fox tier into like potential top 10 player in the league, which is saying a lot when the league is this loaded. So yeah, I'm with you on that 100%. I didn't put him on my list because I, I, I one, I figured you would have him. And two, it's just like right. assume that he's the number one guy. Like there's just not a lot to say. Uh, he's been fantastic. And yeah, I mean, SGA versus Morant is a real debate. And like John Morant has had more success. Like, even though it doesn't really make sense the way that Ja plays and some of the efficiency numbers and the defense, um, like, you know, he led Memphis to the two seed last season. So like he, whatever it is, like there, there is something about John Morant that, you know, kind of galvanizes people. And I think with SGA, it's like, yeah, we saw him on a playoff team early on with the Clippers, but it doesn't really feel like we've gotten a fair evaluation of him as like a full leader on a real team because the Thunder have just been fielding this like borderline G League roster. Yeah, if they get into the playoffs and they have a really competitive first round series, then I think that that solidifies him in that in that tier. Yeah, I just I just don't think it happens because I don't think they want it to happen this year. But eventually, eventually, it's it, it's going to be a really it, we've never really seen a development track like this. You know, guy on like blatant tanking team for three straight years. Um, like at some point, you know, it's he's either going to be out of town or this this Thunder rebuild is going to hit and they're going to be really good. And, and he's going to be the face of it all. Um, all right. I, I have three more guys on my list. Lori Markkinen, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and Anthony Simons speaking Ooh. on, uh, which of those three intrigues you most? Um, let's talk about Simons. All right. Um, you know, obviously part of this is Damian Lillard missing basically half of the season at this point, but uh, you know, eight cat leagues, Simons is, is just outside the top 40 in, in nine cat leagues. He comes in at 34 overall. Um, and, and again, recognizing that a big part of this is Lillard being out, but still, I, like, I kind of stayed away from him coming into the year. I, I, I thought he'd be a little bit overvalued after last season, you know, just kind of being the man on a bad team. I still questioned, you know, it's like, is he really that much better than Jordan Clarkson? That type of thing. Like, is he kind of just a scorer, just a, just a three point shooter. But I mean, he's up to four and a half assists on the season. He's up, up over three rebounds for a guy who's never been a good rebounder 
24 points per game, one steal per game, 4.1 threes per game at 38% from three. And he is an excellent, excellent free throw shooter. So uh, this is more of a, you know, I think some people maybe expected this out of Simons, but uh, this is me tipping my cap to him because I, I didn't think he was this good. I I also had my doubts, but the three-point shooting is pretty ridiculous. And he's getting to the free throw line a little bit more, about four attempts a game this season, which is big for him. You know, he he's reminding me a little bit of Jalen Green. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not going to go ahead and say I would rather have Anthony Simons going forward than Jalen Green, but I think they're kind of comparable right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, I wasn't expecting that. I Simons just has been better. <laughs> so uh, Simons has been better. No, I agree. Simons is better right now, but I'm saying, I just didn't expect them to be on like a similar, what appears to be a similar development track, yeah. um, at this point. And, you know, like you mentioned, I thought Lillard coming back would maybe affect things a little bit. And they, they beefed up the rest of their team too, right? There's just more options than there yep. used to be compared to last year. So I, I didn't think, I thought he'd basically have a repeat season compared to last year. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's totally fair. Yeah. And I, that was probably closer to what I expected as well. I thought, I thought, you know, 18 points, three assists, two rebounds, some threes. Um, you you kind of go on your way. Uh, you know, with Porzegas, it's kind of obvious he's playing really well. I, I think, you know, staying healthy is by far the biggest thing with him. But even that aside, it looks like he's taking a step forward. Markinen still a top 30 guy in nine cat leagues. Uh, maybe it shouldn't have been that shocking when you look at this roster. And I mean, he, he had a monster summer playing for the national team, like always seems to play well in those settings. Uh, but finally feels like he's just found a, a level of comfortability in the NBA. But I don't have too much to say about those guys. Who, who else is on your list? We're going to stay in Utah because I have Kelly Olenek Ooh. as my number four. Um, a little crazy. Like, he he had that ridiculous season when he or half season when he got traded to Houston. And they just, it became like Kelly Olenek, like number one option hour, which was really bizarre. Oh, yeah. They signed him so late this year. Like, it really looked like it was going to be Walker Kessler and Udoka Azubuki as like their center rotation. And then they're like, yeah, you know what? Let's maybe just grab some Kelly Olenek. Uh. And they... They're playing him like basically starters minutes. Um, but right now he's 53rd in eight cat, 29 yep. minutes a game, 13, uh, 13, five and three, almost like he's 1.3 steals, 0.8 blocks. He's just, he's always been a per minute guy. Like if you've been playing fantasy for a while and daily fantasy, you know, that Kelly Olenek, he's basically played like tw- 18 to 22 minutes a game for his whole career. But those games where he played 30, he actually was like valuable. And he's actually getting that here. And I was just, it's just a bit surprising because I didn't think Utah would be giving him this kind of minutes and keeping him this involved. Will this still be the case two months from now is the question. Uh, I don't know, man. It's, I I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they're slipping a little bit, right? They're 13 and 11. And I think a lot of that has to do with Mike Conley being out. They've gotten on a slide since they've been out. They've, they've, um, what was this? They've lost five of their past six and a lot. I think Conley's been out for all of those. So yeah. I don't know if this sort of starts it for them, but starting to feel I, that way. he's a sell high. I also think Lopez is a sell high, uh, but he's still a surprise to me. All right. Who else you got? Uh, it's sort of like a, it's it's kind of a mess of guys, but I'm just going to go with Andrew Wiggins. 
because hmm. he's the 41st player in fantasy, which I just wasn't, I wasn't seeing that. I, I just, he was, he was 112th last year, 87th the year before. Um, he's turned up his defense a little bit and um, he's taking more threes. It's just really small things. Like he's just better. He's better a little bit everywhere. And somehow that's launched him up to like 40th in fantasy. Um, 27th in Nightcat. Yeah, because he, he just never turns it over. Right. Um, he either shoots, he just gets rid of it. His free throw percentage isn't that good, but he never gets to the line. Um, I actually think that it may help him that he's getting to the line less uh, because his free throw percentage is so bad. But I, I, if you had told me Andrew Wiggins was 41st in fantasy at this point in the season, I've been like, what happened? Who got hurt? Who got hurt for a month? No one really. Yeah, I, 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 you said it. Like you said, nothing really jumps out in terms of the numbers. Like he's up a little bit across the board. You know, the steals are up closer to, to one and a half. I think that's really big for fantasy. Uh, you know, the three-point shooting has been fantastic. He's having easily the best shooting season of his career, 43% from three, almost three makes per game. He'd be significantly higher if he could shoot free throws, right? I mean, he only takes two per oh, game, yeah. but he's, he's under 70%. I mean, he would, he might be a top 20 player if he was shooting 85% at the line. Yeah, I um well who's who else is on your list or do you have like honorable mentions? Uh I I went through all my my positive surprises. Um the the only the, the negative surprises I had are Anthony Edwards, Scotty Barnes, Clay Thompson. Not nothing too crazy there. I think Edwards is gonna start playing better with Cat out. Yeah, he looked um, awesome last night. Clay's also starting to play a little bit better, although he had a dud the other night. Barnes that one's getting a little weird to me. Yeah. I I think we mentioned this on a different podcast, but he his numbers are way, way better when everyone is healthy. He's he's just he's sort of connecting everything. And when the defense is focused on him and he's asked to do a lot more, it it just does is not going well. So I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think I said this to you a couple of weeks ago, somebody tweeted out that video of him trying to break somebody down offensively. Wow. And it said he has the Kendrick Perkins dribble package. <laughs> Shockingly accurate. I, I think any, any NBA fan knows about the Kendrick Perkins video. Uh, yeah. That's what it looked like. It's I, he's a really strange player. I like, like the biggest thing, you know, his field goal percentage is down like seven percentage points. He's still not shooting it well from three, although he has been a little better than last year. Um, the minutes are down too. Otherwise he'd basically be doing exactly what he was a year ago. I'm still high on him, you know, as a fantasy player, I, I think he's one of the handful of guys in the league who one is going to end up being a really good NBA player long-term, but his game fits fantasy so well, if he ever becomes just a decent three-point shooter, like I, I really think he's kind of like a Sean Marion type and, you know, much like Sean Marion throughout his career, not, not really anybody that could be a go-to scorer. So, I mean, do you think he was really hurt by, Siakam, Van Vliet, Trent, all those guys missing time? I think so. I think he's not ready for that. I don't think he's that guy. I, I think there's a chance for him to sort of develop. Um, You know, because in theory, him and Paulo Bancaro have a similar trajectory. Like, they have a similar statistical profile other than the fact that Barnes isn't scoring in that way. Um, yeah. So I think there's a path... <laughs> This is going to sound weird to say. I think there's a path for Scotty Barnes to be as good someday as Paulo Bancaro is right now. Okay. Um, 
Uh, you, you know how many leagues I, I have Scotty Barnes in. That was mean. I do. I mean, Barnes, Barrett, those are your guys. <laughs> Culver. Yeah, so, someday he'll be as good as a guy who's a, a class below him. Uh, no, you're. I mean, Bancaro, if, you, if you're choosing one or the other right now, it's like, yeah, you're probably taking Bancaro. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. It, let's say that the Brooklyn Nets call you right now and say, look, we'll give you Kevin Durant, who's averaging 30 points per game on 54% shooting. Are you willing to part with Scotty Barnes? Because that, that always seemed like the big hangup, you know, over the summer yeah. when we talked about the Raptors as maybe being that team, everybody's thinking like, ah, but you, you can't really part with Scotty Barnes. Like if you're the Raptors, do you feel differently about that now? I was, I was actually thinking about this earlier today. I was like, they, couldn't they have traded Scotty Barnes for yeah. KD maybe? Um, maybe still could. I think you, I think you really think about it. It's, I mean, they've obviously seen more of him than we have. Uh, but if, if they also believe that uh, he will never be more than like a fourth slash third option, then I think you do it. I think you do the trade for KD because the team is clearly good. Like Van Vliet, Siakam, Ananobi, by the way, is like the 16th best fantasy player in the NBA. Dominant defensively. He's going to maybe make a run for defensive player of the year if he keeps this up. Um, at least a dark horse candidate. You know, if, if you can get some sort of buy-in from KD that he's fine being in Toronto and all that stuff and you don't think it'll mess the team chemistry up, um, I would do it. But I understand that a lot of these organizations, like the Raptors, that have built these... This is the, the issue. This is the exact situation that the Nets were in, right? They're like, we have this homegrown team. The fans love it. Well, now is our opportunity to cash in for this guy. And I don't know if, like, Toronto sort of did that already with Kawhi, right? So they clearly have that in them. I just don't know. But after what we've seen, I'd be, I'd be way more likely to say yes to a Kevin Durant trade. Yeah, it depends kind of what else you'd have to add. You can't do Barnes for KD straight up. Um, you, know, you might have to throw like the Trent contract in there. I would imagine you're not parting with Siakam in that situation. No. But if you if you could keep Van Vliet, Siakam, I mean, maybe you have to get rid of OG. If you could, but if you could keep Van Vliet, OG, and Siakam and add Kevin Durant, to me that team is is definitely on par with Boston and Milwaukee, if not having a little bit higher upside. Yeah, if you found a way to keep OG. Um, or even Gary Trent. I mean, I like Gary Trent probably more You're than keeping most, one of those two. Yeah, you have to. That would be that team would be nasty. That yeah, yeah. I, you know, maybe maybe you have to include the uh, Justin Champagny contract in that deal. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if the Raptors would be willing to do that. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I, I hope we get a KD trade. That would it'd be more fun for the league. Like KD being stuck on this weird Brooklyn team that we we just don't really think is all that good. And who knows where Kyrie's going to be and where Ben Simmons will be at come playoff time. Um, it, the league would be more fun if, if Kevin Durant was freed. I'll, I'll say that. Um, all right, that'll do it for us. We'll get out of here. Um, you and I, you'll, you'll be back on Friday with Ken and Shannon. As always, uh, you and I will be back together next week. Uh, hopefully we get a fun, exciting weekend in the NBA. Plenty of games uh, packed into Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So very much looking forward to that.